I never liked history. No, not at all. It wasn't as interesting as the other subjects like art because I loved painting, I loved music. And I don't know about you. And you may have seen that today's children don't like it either. Now, this is Now Tell Us, and I'm your host, Anthony Mwirode. At Now Tell Us, we have guests come and tell us stories. They come and inspire us. And always, we are having a great time. Today, I think it's extra special. We're going to have a greater time than we've had before because of who is coming. He's got a lot of experience in life and loves history and wants to make history relevant. Now, I'm not going to take one more minute. I'm just going to invite you to come and join me to have fun meeting our guest today. He's known as Paul Hemphill. I, I just want to imagine that I got right that right and he's going to tell me whether I did it or not. Because uh, I haven't read a lot of history to see how to pronounce that. But anyway, <laughs> join me as we go and meet Paul. Here we go. Please share this video with all your friends. If you have a question, ask. If you have a comment, we love feedback. So let's go. Hello, Paul. Hello, Tony. How are you this morning? I'm good. How about you? Let me check. I'm doing fine. I'm great. Really? <laughs> and it's great to be with you and, and with your audience. And yeah. um, I'm really, really anxious to uh, to hear what you have to say. And uh, I just downloaded your your book, by the way, Achieve Your Dream, because I want it to be available uh to to my audience as well so thank you very much for making that available wow that's very beautiful i love that and it's good to know that you still some got uh, you've got some dreams still yeah i'm gonna steal everything <laughs> even, you've got even, yes i and you first wanted to confirm whether you're okay now we see that you've been there for quite some time tell us uh, when or where were you born Whichever you want to share with us, or both of them. I'm sure I didn't. I didn't understand your question. Okay, I'm gonna come slowly, and I'm asking, uh, where are you? Let's start there. Okay, I am not too far from Boston, uh, <clears throat> which is uh, north of New York City, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm originally from the state of Maine, but it's not where you come from that counts; it's where you stay, right? So, uh, uh, I mean, I would love to be in Greece right now, but I ain't. So I am where I am and I'm loving it. So, but, where were uh, you born? I'm sorry. Where were you born? Oh, I was born in the state of Maine uh, back yeah. in the last century, which means I'm a year away from being a fossil. And uh, the. <laughs> 
Uh, and it's, it's way, way up north. It's about 12 miles away from the Canadian border. And uh, uh, I, I was born in this country. I'm a first generation American. My parents were Canadian and their great ancestors were from uh, Scotland and Ireland. And uh, mm -hmm. my last name is pronounced Hemphill, like the stuff you smoke on a hill. If you want to remember my last name, that's the way to do okay. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I got it right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, so <clears throat> go ahead. You, I'm sure you've got plenty of questions, and I'm ready to answer them. Yeah, I heard you say that uh, I'm going to tell you. Uh, some things here, but you're here on now tell us. So you're the one who's going to tell us. All we want to know is uh, how uh, you are going to make uh, something that I hated in high school uh, interesting today. Yeah, that's a great history. question. It's a great question. It's a it's a statement that most students have. Uh, even parents will will tell you that they didn't like history when they are in high school, and I always like to mm -hmm. say that. You didn't hate history. You hated the way it was taught to you in high school. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is unlike uh, math and science where you could learn something in a classroom setting and be able to use it right away, uh, mm -hmm. you can't do that with history. Uh, so when you are presented with facts and statistics and something you have to memorize or whatever, uh, the, the ultimate question is, what do you do with that information? So if, if you're mm -hmm. in a history class and you learn that uh, the Revolutionary War took place in the 18th century, uh, how's a student supposed to react? I'll tell you how a student reacts. Who cares? Uh, and so yeah. uh, what a teacher, and, and by the way, this is not the fault of the teacher. It's the nature of the subject. In other words, mm -hmm. you, you, there is no emotional connection between you and those facts that you are learning in a history class. I mean, you didn't have mm -hmm. breakfast with Abraham Lincoln last week to discuss the, the Civil War or, or anything of that nature. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, it, it's all information that you don't know how to use. A student doesn't know how to use. And students are, especially bright students, like to brag about the fact that they got an A on their last quiz and they have forgotten all the information they had to study for the last quiz. Okay. So <laughs> as a result, uh, and this is the, uh, this is the uh, tragic part of all of this. Anthony, mm -hmm. And that is <clears throat> when you have students who are not connected to their history, whether it's Athenian history or Kenyan history or American history, uh, they do not know what their country stands for. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what your country stands for, how are you going to stand up to your enemies, both foreign and domestic? You can't yeah. defend what you cannot define. Sure. So, uh, as a result, we have an extremely high history illiteracy rate in this country, mm -hmm. determined last year by an education group that comes out every year with what is known as the nation's report card stating that 88% of all high school seniors have no proficiency in American history. That means mm -hmm. 
that they don't know what to do with the information that they just studied for the last quiz. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with that information? Well, you, you, you uh, get onto my program and you find out how uh, history can be relevant. Let me give you an example. During the Battle of Gettysburg, which took place 160 years ago this year, mm. there was a young girl who was uh, told by her mother, look, uh, there's some terrible things that are going to be happening, I think. It looks like these the, the rebel army is coming into Gettysburg. And I want you to get down to your uncle's house. I think you're going to be safer there. Mm -hmm. uh, she gets down there, and uh, immediately she th she's thrown into a position where she has to help take care of these wounded and dying men who are on the ground. And, and mm -hmm. by the time she gets there, she, she's looking at the house where her uncle is, and outside this window is a pile of arms and legs that were just amputated just hours before. And, of course, oh. at the sight of this, of course, she starts to regurgitate. She's throwing up. She's, she doesn't know how to handle this. Nobody knows how to handle that kind of situation, as you, you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And what had happened in the, in the next three days, uh, that's how long the battle lasted, uh, she went from soldier to soldier who were uh, prostate on the ground, uh, just giving them uh, cans of cool water uh, to basically listen to uh, how they were dealing with their wounds. But what she didn't realize uh, mm -hmm. was that the men on the ground were looking up at her and thinking to themselves, that's my wife, that's my sister, that's my mother up there, and uh, which gave them some hope. And what she didn't realize is that she was emotionally walking these men across what I call an emotional bridge of hope over which few of us adults could cross alone. And as a result, mm -hmm. some of these men were able to survive. So what's yep. the lesson? What's relevant about what she did? What's relevant is that she's teaching us that even a young person can keep a hope alive where there is none. Mm -hmm. And how does she do it? All she did was perform the most simple act possible, the most important ingredient in all communication, listening. That's what she did. And as a result, these men got the got the definite response from her and an impression from her that she cared. Somebody yeah. cared. And mm -hmm. uh, as a result, some of these men were able to survive. And the, the fantastic fact about this, this whole experience is the story was at the time of the battle, uh, this young woman was only 15 years old. Mm. Wow. Okay. So when I'm uh, when I'm in a, a high school classroom telling the story to a bunch of 14 and 15 year olds, uh, mm -hmm. I end the story by saying this girl is only 15 years old and you can watch the jaws drop in the classroom. Yeah. And what these girls and students are saying is, wow, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could save a life just by listening. Mm -hmm. This is so elementary. This is so primitive uh, mm -hmm. in so many ways, but in a very positive way. 
that you will never see this kind of a lesson taught in a history class. Imagine you coming home from a, from a history class and telling your parents, you're not going to believe what I discovered about myself in my history class today. I mean, I can save a life. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that means a lot to, to a 15-year-old, to, to a teenager, because teenagers are always under the impression that they're not old enough to really understand anything, that they really don't have any abilities. Well, guess what? These kids do have abilities, and they're latent. They're inside of them, and all they need is something to activate those abilities. And what's how you do it is to have them acknowledge their ability to do something as simple as listen. Listening. One of the most important, or should we say the most important, as you put it, most important element in communication. Exactly. Which is listening. Now, I'm curious to know, because you're very passionate about this topic, this subject. Did, did you uh, get that history. impression? I, I, okay. <laughs> yes, you are. How, how did it all get started? I mean, oh, it's a fascinating what? story. Uh, I used to uh, uh, ask my teenage sons when they'd come home from high school. I did this about once every six months. Uh, we'd be at the dinner table and I would ask them, So, guys, uh, how do you like history? And I always got the same answer. Uh, mm -hmm. Dad is boring. Uh, I hate it. Da, 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 da. And I got kind of tired of that one day. And, and my one of my sons got kind of tired of my asking the, the question. He says, Dad, why do you keep asking the same question? We're going to give you the same answer. Come on. And, it's, <laughs> and so uh, what I did, I, I jumped into my car, drove down to the local library, and I walked in. And I asked the librarian a question that she thought was the dumbest question she had heard probably in her lifetime. And I, mm -hmm. and I said to her, do you have a book here that tells kids how they can really benefit from reading history? <laughs> and, and she looked at me like I had three heads. And she said, no, of course not. <laughs> yeah. And I had what I call my Damascus moment where it dawned on me that I had to do something about this and I wanted mm -hmm. to do something about this. And so as a result, I, I wrote this book and I wanted to, I wanted to research uh, some event in American history that uh, would make it possible for me to make history relevant. And mm -hmm. I found the, the most tragic event in our history, which, which wasn't Pearl Harbor. It wasn't nine 11. It was the Battle of Gettysburg because within three days, uh, over 12,000 men and boys had lost their lives. The one you just talked about before. You know? And, That's and, and so uh, the, mm -hmm. the, and there were so many stories that came out of that event that I had mm -hmm. a, a rich resource of information that I could tap into okay. that would help me uh, tell these stories to these kids. And the irony is, is that I have adults who tell me, hey, uh, I really like this stuff. I have an Air Force colonel out in Ohio who makes my book mandatory reading for his junior and senior officers. And mm -hmm. he, he made the comment. He says, you know, I don't like your the title of your book. Uh, it, it's too narrow. It just looks like it's geared to kids. And... Uh, 
But he says, he says that's okay. Don't change it. it, it it's fine. <laughs> which which book is that? Uh, that's Inspiration for Teens. Oh, okay. There you go. Inspiration for Teens. Well, I didn't know. I was uh, keeping it a mystery. I, okay. But you know, <laughs> the funny thing was, uh, the original title of this book was "You're Already a Leader," and I wasn't making that very, very many sales with it. Only management okay. types were buying it, you know. And and so one day I got a phone call from uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, from a guy who had purchased the book. And he says, I, I have an observation I think you ought to be aware of. I says, what's that? He says, well, I gave your book to uh, these two sisters here in Pittsburgh. They're, they, they're high school students. And they came back to me and said, you know, we really love this book, but the title is terrible. Mm. And so I said, well, what do they recommend? He says, well, I'll get back to you. And so he calls me two days later. He says, he says I got something they really think you ought to change it to. And I said, what's that? He, he said, inspiration for teens right so i went with it okay mm -hmm. i mean i again mm -hmm. i listened right and so what happened i changed the cover changed the artist changed the title and my book sales went to the roof <laughs> i mean mm. it was amazing and so uh right now as of today i think it's number seven on amazon's uh, list of uh in the category that they placed me in they really don't know what yeah. category to place me in because i tell them that i'm not a history book I just use history uh, to make uh, kids aware of how talented they are right now, not 20 years from now, but that they can use yeah. this, this information now. And mm -hmm. uh, and so it's, it's just and, critical. Uh, and you share, you share 88 short stories with over 200 life lessons from pass, for, for personal growth, right. that is. Are they based on the same incident? The very yeah, it's same based incident, on the same incident because... The thing is, if, if I used different incidences around around American history, I'd come up with the same lessons because it's all mm -hmm. it's, this is really all about human nature, isn't it? It's, it's how yeah. we respond uh, to our circumstances that defines who we are. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and so it's uh, uh, one of my <clears throat> one of my uh, fascinating stories is about a guy uh, who is a famous general. And I always like to uh, ask teachers, uh, how would you explain uh, how an eighth grader could benefit from what General Robert E. Lee did at the Battle of Gettysburg? And they're mm -hmm. baffled. They, they, they don't know what to say. And I know they mm -hmm. don't know what to say because they've been teaching history the same old hackneyed way for a thousand years and it doesn't work. So if you know mm -hmm. what they say about something that doesn't work. If you keep repeating it and repeating it, it just doesn't work. It, it still doesn't work. So... I, I said uh, at the end of the battle, uh, General Lee had made a very disastrous decision uh, to have his men move forward in this battle line. And, uh, of course, he had won so many battles before, he thought that his army was invincible. Mm -hmm. And so his men charged into this open field, and the enemy looked at his army like fish in a barrel. I mean, they just mm. destroyed his army. And mm -hmm. when the survivors started coming back, wounded and bloodied, uh, he was man enough to say to his men, this is my fault. This is all my fault. Now, mm -hmm. what does General Lee in that situation, in that moment, teach all of us, let alone just the kids? General Lee's admission uh, basically... We, we, I like to say we all have from time to time our own General Robert E. Lee moment, 
our Robert De okay. moment is when we're standing in front of a mirror and we're saying to ourselves after we've made such a dumb mistake or a blunder, whatever it was, you say to yourself, this was my fault. This was all mm -hmm. my fault. Okay. So when you can say that openly uh, to people around you, people at work, let's say, okay, uh, it, it reduces your own personal stress with that admission. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it avoids the need to justify your mistake, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the, it increases your credibility. It, it builds trust. Uh, it sets the tone for open discussion. And it, it makes you more approachable. So yeah. uh, a, a, an eighth grader, a 13-year-old could say, wow, yeah, I guess I will. And I encourage these kids, you ought to have your own Robert E. Lee moment and mm. uh, and ask your parents if they've had theirs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so this is what makes history exciting and interesting and really irrelevant. But I like to say more meaningful to the student and, and very mm -hmm. personal. If history isn't personal, uh, I'm not interested. Uh, I get, mm -hmm. I get, for example, people calling me or emailing me who are Gettysburg fanatics, and they'll ask me my opinion about what General So and So did on the second day, and, and I typically respond by saying, uh, "Gee, you know, you're asking the wrong guy." <laughs> they say, "What? Whoa, whoa, what are you talking about?" And I say, "Look, I don't do history. I do the lessons." of history, so yeah. that what, what can we learn from what this person did in that event? And the likelihood is we'll find something that we can use to benefit ourselves personally. And mm -hmm. what's wrong with approaching history in that fashion? Nothing. And so as a result, and this is the consequence that is unexpected in this whole process. When I'm using American history, these kids uh, after a while that they are exposed to my videos, they're saying to themselves, you know, this American history stuff is pretty cool. Be yeah. Why? Because it's all about me. <laughs> you know, mm. it's not about General Lee. <laughs> it's about me and how I can benefit from what General Lee did or said. Yeah. That makes, so, and you talk that about any sense to you. I don't know if I'm making any sense or not, but go ahead. Yes, you are. You talk about uh, the videos and then you mentioned something to do with the program. And I don't know, is that what oh, the videos yeah. are about? Yeah. How's the program? Yeah, the, the interesting thing about the, the videos is that uh, I called YouTube one day and they asked me uh, some questions about what it is I do and all of that. And I, I said to them, I said, are, are, are kids reading books or are they watch, watching videos? And they, they kind of, this one guy started laughing. He says, uh, sir, please give me a break. Uh, they're watching videos. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, you know, it's interesting. The parents were buying the book. The parents were writing the reviews. And I didn't know if, if the students, if the kids were actually reading the book. So it dawned mm -hmm. on me that I had to convert the book the video because if you're okay. not uh, where the kids are if you're not teaching them the way they want to learn by way of mm -hmm. video you're not going to reach them you see uh, the Khan uh, academy in new york is using video to teach math i mean who yeah. knew that could be you could teach math with video 
Of course you can't. Why can't Times you are teach, changing. Why can't you teach the elements, the positive elements of human nature as well as the negative of human nature on video in a history class? Come on, you, it's it's easily done. And you know, I encourage teachers to copy what it is that I do. You know, I don't have mm -hmm. a copyright on all this stuff. I, I don't have a monopoly. I want I want my country. So how are the videos? How are the videos uh, like? And how many of the, are they? I mean, are there a video for every lesson that you teach? Oh yeah, I, basically I have. Well, there's 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 two hundred and three lessons in the book. Okay. Uh, I have I have created roughly sixty uh, videos, but I have a program called 50, America's Fifty Two Stories, and I chose uh, fifty two videos. Uh, to go into that package. Not that the other eight videos aren't any good. I just that uh, I don't have any preference for any particular video because they each have their own lessons to teach. Okay. And and I'm I'm, I'm making those lessons available uh, right now on my Rumble and YouTube accounts, so that students can go in and in less than sixty seconds they can get a sample of mm -hmm. what my lessons look like, sound like. And, uh, and in each one of these videos comes with questions, okay? Mm -hmm. Because I always ask yeah. at the end of the, the video, <clears throat> what's a student supposed to do with this information, right? Yeah. It's, it's a real challenge mm -hmm. to the student because I know that's what he's thinking, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. And so I ask these questions and I always advise the parents, uh, if you're watching, you need to be watching these videos with your, with your son or daughter and you need to answer the questions first. Okay. Don't force yeah. your don't force your daughter or son to answer the question. That's too intimidating. You mm -hmm. be the leader in this situation and you answer the question because by answering the question honestly, your son or daughter might learn something about you that they never knew. Wow. Mm -hmm. How about that? Okay. And so the, yeah. the, the wonderful consequence that we didn't expect in these videos was that uh, the videos are really act as a, a bonding mechanism between the parent and the child. They get to talk to each other now instead of uh, texting each other from the kitchen. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> okay. so it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really heartwarming uh, to see the reaction that I get from people. Uh, I just got to get the message out there to a lot more because uh, my marketing efforts and I'm just a one-man operation. I'm a nonprofit. Uh, I have to pay for all this stuff out of my own pocket, and uh, and so it's, it's a very very slow process. So one of the things that I really appreciate, Tony, about being on your program is is the exposure that you are allowing me the privilege to have, and, and I'm very grateful for that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And this is why we are doing it. We want uh, everyone to have the information and the inspiration that you bring, uh, like this inspiration for teens that you have told us it's the parents that are actually getting inspired and drive the children towards the videos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you have yeah. a child, if you have a child, um, they can go to my uh, website and, uh, uh, and and get a sense of, as to what it's what it, what it is that I'm doing. A chance that mm -hmm. the parents are going to go there first, of course. And and yeah. uh, but um, uh, did you want me to keep my website a secret, or should I tell you what the website? 
what the web tell is. us tell us, tell us. Yeah, we yeah. want to go and uh, learn more history yeah. tell us <laughs> yeah it's uh it's americaneducationdefenders.com yeah mm-hmm. uh thank you for doing that and uh, and when you get there uh, i have a f- free gift for all of tony's uh, uh listeners and watchers and mm-hmm. if you go to the uh, if you go to that homepage and you see the word contact at the top of the page, you click on contact, and it takes you to a page. Uh, wait for ten seconds, and this pop up comes up, and mm-hmm. you put in your email address and your first name, and I will send you free of charge uh, ten samples of my graphic work that comes with the videos. I mean, these wow. graphics are really. Uh, I must say, uh, even as I brag about it, uh, these graphics are are very popular with with my own subscribers. They really like them. But you get them for free and uh, uh, for uh, showing up at Tony's um, uh, interview. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, so to the viewer or the listener, we are reminding you, please rush to AmericanEducationDefenders.com. That's www.AmericanEducationDefenders.com and get the free gift. And also get to connect with Paul. Yes! Because <laughs> he's going to inspire you to go and search more history and learn what it holds for you. Yeah, and, and, and the one thing that I would emphasize, Tony, is that uh, everything that we do is, is student-oriented. In other words, it's not, about, it's not about the historical events so much. It's about, yeah. it's about how we benefit personally from what that person did in that event because all history is made by people it's not made by, just by events it's made by people who cause those events yeah. and um and how they respond and that sort of thing is 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 very uh, is very telling and uh uh one of the reactions i received recently was was from a uh, was from a graphic that i had put up one of my graphics has a picture of pinocchio with a long nose uh, at the top of the graphic, and it talks about uh, the consequences of being a liar. And mm-hmm. it it takes uh, and I take this I take this 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 thirty second description from one of my videos mm-hmm. about a guy who, uh, who who I like to say lied his way to the top. He was a top cavalry officer during the Civil War, and he would file these reports that weren't true. Uh, but his commanding officer thought, wow, this guy's fantastic. I, I mean, I got to promote him. So he gets promoted. But along the way, of course, a lot of people discover that he is a liar. And mm-hmm. to make a long story short, uh, he, after the war, he ended up uh, not with friends and family, but who understood who he was and what he was all about. Uh, he became isolated and uh, lived in an apartment in washington dc would visit bars at night and go home and and uh, one day they found him dead in his apartment and and you know nobody knew that he had been dead for several days and Mm -hmm. uh but you want to know something the tragedy is that nobody cared about him because that's Mm -hmm. because he had developed this persona of being a liar uh, for so many years so that's a great lesson 
to learn about these politicians in Washington, uh, <laughs> where you know you you watch these politicians on TV with a straight lie with a straight face about whatever happened, and mm -hmm. uh, and your your BS meter starts going off the charts, and, <laughs> and you know that you can't trust this person. Uh, and, yeah. and people that you interact with in your own life, you learn not to trust because you know instinctually they're lying to you. So what do you do? You ignore them. Yeah. You ignore them. Uh, okay. So I wonder what's in that for the listener. Are you? Did you get that? Did you get the lessons, the listener, the viewer? And uh, you said something that history is made by people. And right now, we just made history in doing this show. Now, the question is, what is the viewer going to get? You, the viewer, what did you get from it? Was there something for you? Please rush to www.americaneducationdefenders and get extra things from there. And that's about it for today. But before we go, we'd like to hear a few words that we should always remember coming from Paul. I usually like to conclude um, all of my interviews in the speeches that I give at, at club meetings and that sort of thing. Uh, they'll ask me if there's anything that you really want to leave a message with, with people. And I always like to quote something that was said years ago by a famous American. It's a short quote, and I'll just read it to you very quickly. Uh, it is not, can any of us imagine better, but can we do better? The dogmas of the quiet past are inadequate to the stormy present. The occasion is piled high with difficulty, and we must rise with the occasion. As our case is new, so we must think anew and act anew. And then we shall save our country. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. That, that's a great one. Yeah. And that's relevant to us, all of us today. Yes. That's history that yeah. is relevant. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. We appreciate it. You're entirely welcome. And thank you so much for your time, Tony. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And, um, Let's go and make history relevant. And uh, to the viewer, to the listener, yes, just, just go and use those words and make it relevant. This has been Now Tell Us show. I have been your host, Anthony Moirore, and together with our guest today, Paul Lloyd Hemphill. I got it. <laughs> you did. Uh, yes, I just made history. <laughs> <laughs> you did. That's it for now. Uh, have a great, wonderful time. And uh, yes, let's let's love history. Let's uh, teach others to love history. Bye for now. Bye.